0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: It's that time of the week again, the rugby league ran fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of Nothing, the NRL tour. Well, a result, I'm sure most people weren't expecting, Boxhead. Um, I guess people were expecting a close game. A lot of people seemed to be completely off the New South Wales side of things. A lot of people overreacted a little bit to the changes, especially the injury changes. Then we talked through some of the other ones and the reasoning behind them. But at the end of the day, those who tipped New South Wales, I'm guessing, didn't expect them to win by 32 points.
2: No, and I was I was one of them. I know we, we got a lot of messages last week saying that they're waiting for me to blow up about Freddie's selections. I think it was people probably overlooked how many of them were uh, were forced. The other ones I can I can really uh, I guess sympathise with now because the Latrell Mitchell decision was spot on. I was even questioning it um, in my head probably up until even at half time last night or a little bit before half time when we had some opportunities and things quite. I guess didn't uh, didn't stick, but uh, it was it was it was a good call, well, great call. I, I we don't went, think he made a bad call,
1: did he? We went through all of it, like we said, because a lot of people overreacted at the time and said, "Well, let's." But see.
2: I also, what, I don't want to say that I I, I back Freddie because I sat on the fence last week. No, we, I really didn't. know. I didn't have a feel for that game at all. And no. if you would have said to me this time last <laughs> week, "Hey, mate, in you know seven days' time you're going to be reviewing a game, New South Wales won 38 38-6, I would have said get the hell out of
1: here. Well, I tipped Queensland, Um, and I, that wasn't saying I was off New well, South Wales. Well,
2: I've got Wales. both tips right, and and the only reason I tipped Queensland in game one was because it was at home, no, it's and the only reason I tipped New South Wales in this game is because I thought it was a pick'em game, and I went with a team that had to win more. That was it.
1: Plain and simple, though. We ran through the changes is more the point, and like you said, the three forced ones, the Saifidi one we looked at, and it was basically, well, who else is there right now playing well? I question the fact that he had a bad game against Melbourne. But prior to that, he was really, really good. And Mm -hmm. they went off the Burgess thing. He did his job. I think it certainly helped that we had most of the momentum in that opening period when he was on the field. He did a great job. I still think we're a prop.
2: We're a prop, sure, until... And we said it last week that he's going to have to move Truboevic up to the front row, and that's what happened.
1: Exactly. But the flip side of that is, like I said the year before, when I... Said I'd be happy to pick all those extra back roles and said it again now. Dal Fanoucan plays lock, He's a he can play middle. Yeah. Jake Drabojevic plays lock, can play middle. Tarek Sims, that arena suits him, can play middle. So we had ways to work our way around it. Yeah. The only thing we we're kind of wondering is what kind of role Wade Graham plays, even though he covers all positions and he ended up getting to play on that edge when they had the HIA. And the only thing we had on the two centres uh, was more defensively, not so much attack. And, as I stated last well, week. it didn't get tested. Anyone who's listened to us this whole time, I've said it a hundred times about Jack. I think Jack's a centre. And defensively, I wasn't worried about him as a centre. And, yeah, he wasn't heavily... Well, we've, t- we've said that for years. He so. wasn't heavily tested, but I was never worried about him. Tom's given us reason to worry about his defence, but as you said, they weren't tested. And in attack, why would I question his attack? He's an outstanding attacking player. Yeah, club.
2: and this is where I would just warn every New South Wales fan,
1: yeah, forget what you saw
2: him. last night. Because... Queensland are going to bounce back really, really, deep, really, really hard. The surface in New South Wales will suit uh, Queensland because Queensland have now gone from that explosive attacking style side uh, to the grinding type side, really. Uh, and we're we have now got you know a few superstars who we would prefer a dry track. So they they'd love nothing more than a slippery track. Here On in the New flip South Wales.
1: side of that, we played in the wet last night, and I thought we still went for the jugular. And we they did. did. I
2: think it's going to be a different wet though in New South Wales. It's going to be a lot colder. And the dew will sit on the surface, whereas that was a rain that was sort of soaked into the surface. It's it's a hard thing to explain, but oh, you know I, I think still, it's a, I think it's a leveler. I, I think ANZ stadium like brings Queensland back.
1: Oh, so do I. No, I think so the other I. thing last night with a few of those guys. I'll was be tipping us. Don't worry about the that. Preview, we had some dog in our team. Mm. Like Dale is rough and rugged. Tarek Sims has got some dog in. Way Graham melted a few blokes. Jack's got a bit of that in as well. So we had a few guys in there with some dog, and I think. That certainly helped us in that regard as well. So, uh, you know, things yeah. worked out. The win, like you said, more importantly, gets us to a decider, which is what we all want. Yeah. But New South Wales are absolutely outstanding. Queensland were absolute mud, in all honesty. But going through the game, or reviewing it. Mud. Um, it's not going to be as in-depth as what we usually do because it doesn't need to be. Well, you can pretty much not review that the second, second half because but, Queensland didn't turn up. Uh, first half, I think the signs were there very early on. I think the first few, the uh, first two sets before we kind of got an opportunity straight away, uh, we just rolled up field way too easily. I'd also
2: like to welcome Kevin Walters back to the world. He's yeah. now he's now sending himself himself Thanks, Kev.
1: Dun 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 dun. Who
2: is your daddy here?
1: Oh wow, uh, yeah. First couple of sets, obviously back and forth, but the the very obvious thing early on was the difference in the players they brought into the side and the yardage. Blake Ferguson, again, as we talked about the extra prop, we basically brought in an extra prop with the yardage starter we had there. Jack Whiten, never afraid to come carry the football. He was plenty involved dealing as well. Addo Carr was outstanding game one in that regard. But those guys, along with that change-up, um, you look at Dale and you look at Truborjevic and his role in the middle there, the way he always has shape inside, outside. We had pushes, we had support. We moved the point of attack. Game one, we were very basic, very one-out, just fed into what they wanted us to do. This time, we were basically hitting the middle straight to an edge. We, they made it known very early on they were going to go left. We went we went left for that little block play. They went left constantly, but then they had a couple of jabs instantly where they just had early ball. Maloney, even if you tipped it on a jack, jack just runs like an absolute mongrel. Um, Tedesco sweeping around there. They made it very well known that's what they were going to be going for, and yeah. rightfully so. But Realistically, over the 80 minutes, I thought we broke them down everywhere. We did. Um, they couldn't slow us down in the middle of the field. The rucks were very, very open. And part of that comes back to, as you said, we had more intent. We had more energy. We had some desire. We had guys pushing around the football, which creates doubt in tacklers. You have to hold off for a bit longer. I thought, obviously, they were a bit flatter than what they were. But if I just go one out, tuck the football on my arm, you know it's coming. Yeah. If I've got inside-outside supports, even if we do have a you know decent ruck, three-on-three, three, I've got more chance to get a one-on-one and win the ruck and get a quick play of the ball. And every time we got a quick play of the ball, New South Wales did not waste an opportunity to move the football. As soon as they got a quick ruck, they were moving. Ball was left, ball was right. didn't matter where it was, but they were looking to attack Queensland. Yeah. And they did so very, very Mm -hmm. well.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: They had success on both sides of the field as well. Um, Even the the Munster Morgan edge, one of those tries, three of them were inside five-metre space when Tedesco just skipped across them, like schoolboy football, and got around the outside. I couldn't believe how tight they came in. There was five New South Wales players, and there was three Queensland players within five metres of each other. Yeah. Yeah. But basically, again, without going ridiculously into depth about it, I think first half, New South Wales won all aspects of the game and pretty much for the whole game. Set starts were heaps better in this one. That comes with that back five, Ferguson, Jack, Fox, etc. Teddy's link-ups at the back were outstanding. The way he was getting himself onto the ball, those early distribution passes, we saw some of it games one in particular getting Addo Carr and getting after Will Chambers and Dane Gagai on that left edge for New South Wales, the right edge for them. And we're just constantly at them. Like I said, that those quick rucks, the middles pushing, the inside-outside shapes and just working over the middles. The halves linked up early on. And the one thing we couldn't do in game one or had a habit of not doing was killing their set starts. Gagai, Ponga and Oates were just a non-factor in this game. And when you take those guys out, which helps out their much smaller forward pack, they're toast. And our line speed and intent just pinned them. Their middles were dog shit. Napa... I know he played supposedly that wrist injury, but he only had four carries for about 20 metres. Papali was the only one who sort of made an indent, but again, they did a good job on him, and one carry's not enough to kind of save your sets. And with no momentum, there's pressure on your halves. They tried to go side to side without any momentum. They kept getting caught, basically almost running themselves into touch. And, you know, the, the set ends for them, which was something that Cherry Evans did a very, very good job in game one, he was pressured constantly. He put some very poor kicks in, The territory and possession and the set-start positioning for New South Wales was ridiculous. Sometimes they'll catch the ball on the 30 or their own 25 and get back to near halfway. Some of the set-starts were crazy. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I I guess you you can't pay those kind of errors or you can't give enough in those kind of areas, set-starts and set-endings and then pressuring kickers. Marker work. I think we also did a much better job this game that we talked about game one of getting players over from marker yeah, or guys tying
2: in. A lot of stuff you're talking about is effort stuff. Yeah. And it's the things that add up over a long period of time if you can do them consistently in big games. And New South Wales were far, far better off mm. the ball. It's There's things you're doing off the ball, not where the camera is not where the ball is. It's the things you're doing while you don't have the footy and the things that add up and things that, you know, I thought defensively our inside pressure was... Outstanding. We just, like you said, our marker, it started at marker, but every defender and every man in our line pressured Queensland from the inside, which made them play early, which made it a lot easier for our edge defenders to solve the play on the outside. The other issue is, and you can cut it whatever way you want, this game was won and lost in the middle. New South Wales trampled all over Queensland. Their bench, their, you know, Hunt had minimal impact. Uh, Their halves couldn't get over the advantage line. Ponga, when throwing his long passes, didn't have the space
1: because we
2: nullified it. Yeah, he mm. did force them. And, and that was kind of... He didn't know how to play left-handed. We, we made them play left-handed last night and they couldn't do it. Mm. Uh, whether or not we're going to catch them as bad and whether or not we're going to be as good is, is, is the next question because we certainly weren't that good in Game 1 and they certainly weren't that bad in Game 1. So Game 3 leaves a lot a lot of questions. And the fact that we've we've changed so many players uh, leads to now what what will Kevin Walters do? Like twenty four hours oh. ago, Kevin Walters was under zero pressure. Now he's under all the pressure. Freddie this time well, last they night would have been feeling the weight. Left. Yeah, would have been feeling the weight of the world, Freddie, but
1: And we were now pretty he's, ordinary. He's game going, one. Well,
2: we've won and we're heading back to our home ground um, with, you know, only really the Nathan Cleary injury to be concerned about uh, with one club game to go. Uh, heading into a decider, so now all the momentum is with New South Wales. It's, it's funny how, you know, one game can change perception and overreactions and uh, underreactions. I think so. Yeah. Well, for me, look, I'm heading into heading into the decider, very very confident about New South Wales, but Queensland are just going to go rip that video apart and work out ways in which they can nullify what New South Wales did. It's a lot And to... I thought our worst player on the field was Damien Cook. I thought Cook had a shocking game last night. Not like not, not bad enough for him to his position to even come into question. Nah, there's no, but
1: you, you wouldn't even consider that.
2: He um, that's that, that was, was his no no no, but that was his worst or game of Origin he's played. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but what I'm saying is we won thirty eight six. Yeah. I, I, well, had, I had Cook as my man of the match. We, I thought Cook would have to be one of the best players on the field for well, us We thought win.
1: we'd have to play through the middle, but it turns out we got them on the edges mm. and we got them through the middle. Mm. More than anything, we got them on the edges, though, in the wet. Well, the, the try that Tom Trubojevic scored that James Tedesco set up, he just, it was like
2: watching uh Matthews the know, one know, I spoke before.
1: Game? Their left edge was Morgan, Munster, and I can't remember if it was the centre that was tucked in as well, but they were three of them crept in within five metres, and there was a massive 20-metre gap, basically, when he skipped across and fended off Ben Hunt from the middle yeah. and got on the outside of Morgan, the winger stayed out. He got in between there and threw that pass back on the inside. And Great job by Trabovic, who's naturally a fullback, who was on that right side to tie back in the middle and put himself in a good spot to get the ball, as he did in the second half with a try that was on the opposite side of the field. Mm. On the left side, when they had that outlet pass from the the back three to get Adokar into space. He's come all the way from the right-hand side of the field to back up that one. So, yeah, um, all around, but... I guess it all goes back to what I said before. It, for them, the biggest thing is with that forward part, they need to hold their own or at least get even share, and they rely heavily on their back three. The back three was taken out of the game. And when you got poor set starts, their yeah. middles are under pressure, we had line speed, we teed off on them, and it just took the spine out of it. And if you take out the spine, in particular Ponga and Munster, who they did a good job on and getting extra numbers there and just not letting Ponga play onto the front foot off quick play the balls and play to space, you're in trouble. And I thought the only guy out of their spine that was semi-effective to be honest and it wasn't through his attack it was through his kicking game was Ben Hunt because out of daily chair Evans last night and the amount of kick pressure they got on him he came up with some absolute shockers but Ben Hunt pulled off a 40-20 pulled off an absolute corker in the second half that gave them an absolutely outstanding chance to come after us and he was about the only one who put any effective kind of kicks in and every area of the game like I said we just absolutely terrorised them and The only real chances they got, they got one off a quick play the ball late in the half where Munster almost crashed over and we held him up. We had four or five blokes there. Then they put a shit kick in. And then they had that couple of offloads where they went down the left-hand side there and we scrambled with about five to go. And I think that ended up in an error as well. But they didn't really create anything off shapes or attacks. Anytime they looked to shift early, New South Wales were up and made them come back in the middle or landed on the pass. Obviously, Jack, particularly defensively on that edge, he stung Gillette a couple of times and hurt him. They let him know basically really early on that if you want to win this game, it's going to have to happen through the middle and they couldn't do it. Mm. There was literally no one that made a dent in the middle. Um, I think one of the only guys that had some semi-effective carries was Maguire and Felice. And again, they were one-out carries and they were manhandled. Yeah, And I think we spoke about it as well. From a New South Wales perspective, our contact was actually quite poor to start like with, our Jeff. intent and energy was great but actual stick when going into contact like our line speed and all that was good but we had some messy rucks mm. and I know we've got some Queensland listeners and they probably won't like the comment but the refs did a dog shit job with the rucks for Queensland Like so they
2: were letting Queensland it
1: down the penalty count, count only finished one they finished 7-6 but the first half like some of the rucks they got away with especially Cherry Evans and <laughs> some of the shit he was doing the rucks are like mate
2: It was more. uh, My issue wasn't with the penalties. My issue was was with the consistency of the penalties. Mm. They penalised New South Wales for a hand on the ball penalty when Queensland had done it four, five, six, seven, eight times and hadn't been pinned for it. Mm.
1: And they penalised. They penalised Queensland Queensland for being offside. offside. (laughs) It's like there was plenty of offsides in that half.
2: Fucking, you choose to pick someone to be offside there, but you're allowing them to put their hands all over the ball. It wasn't. It wasn't a New South Wales or a Queensland thing. It was just the referees either stay the fuck out. Yep. or be consistent with what you're ruling on, whether it's New South Wales or Queens, I don't care. Mm. Um, I, I thought we got, we got a good call there where I, don't know, I think a kick went in and we knocked it on. And wait, Graham. Wait, I Graham it knocked it on. He definitely knocked it, it on. It was a knock on, yeah. So that was a 50-50 that went our way. I just thought the interpretations um, and where those 50-50 land, uh, calls landed in the first half definitely ended, landed with Queensland.
1: But again, no offence to any Queenslander out there, but um, people that write, oh, it's a conspiracy, they wanted to have a game three, they got fucking lapped. Like, what are you smoking to even come up with a conspiracy? That yeah,
2: please don't inbox us. Like, if... Because it fucking...
1: It that's the dumbest angry. thing I've ever heard. If you watch that game of football and you have any brain, they got smashed.
2: Was there a conspiracy for Jack White to throw a fucking intercept try in game, in game
1: one? yeah. Uh, because
2: otherwise, if he doesn't throw that intercept try well, and it goes again, around, gag the series conspiracy is
1: Conspiracy theory, they always want a dead rubber. They don't want a dead rubber. There was a dead rubber last year. So, like...
2: Look, I'll... I'll you know how I'm a little bit controversial. I, <clears> I don't think we should play dead rubbers.
1: There's too much money in it, though, so they're still going to play it regardless. You know that.
2: I just think we're going to get to a point in time.
1: And I'm, the players definitely would Probably 10 years. i, I think I you, the players would knock back exist. the $30,000 either to play another game, so yeah,
2: that's
1: the other I, side. I think it, in but. 10
2: years' time, it, they won't exist. Um, look, in, look in uh, the NBA. Look in all those, all those big series where they're best of. They don't play the remaining games in those series. Mm. I, think, I know often they've got to go
1: into another series, but um, that's just my opinion on I hate dead rubbers. Interchanges worked out well as well for New South Wales. That HIA well, you rethink, yeah. for Boyd Cordner got him a free change to get Way Graham out there for a bit. Um, Safiti was the first change for Vaughanee with about 18 minutes left in the half, and they didn't make another one until I think only the second one came with Sims for Finucane with about 10 to go. Mm. So they went into the second half with plenty up their sleeve. He, got, he can
2: defend his interchanges in game one all he wants, but you line oh, them up do. you line them up against game two's interchanges mm-hmm. and Completely he's clearly
1: different. done some work. Yeah. And the other mm-hmm. difference is starting with that lighter pack like we did, you had plenty more minutes and plenty more energy. You got Dale Fanuk who you can play eighty, yeah, you got James who can play for. eighty, and we got more out of Safidi and we were able to leave him on the field because <laughs> we dominated the game. We dominated possession. Yeah. We dominated territory. We had extra opportunities. Um well, even I don't, I don't think... couple of missed opportunities. The armchair
2: fan probably doesn't even take into account... Like, when we have the penalty try, well, that that's gold for uh, for coaches because you're going, oh, here we go. That's two minutes, that's three minutes where my middle forwards are resting. So it allows you to stretch your players well, out for We longer. also
1: scored three times as well. So we <laughs> yeah, bought ourselves course. time yeah. in that. But I think the penalty try, um, I, I guess they're being consistent with it. I don't I, f- I'd i rather a
2: penalty try than 10 Well, I was 10. going to
1: say that. Looking back at it... I, yeah, he bumped in, but he has to turn around. It was a bit stupid. I, there's no guarantee. I don't think it was
2: stupid at all. I thought he had to
1: check him. Yeah, he had to check him, but there was no guarantee he was going to score, but I'm with you. I think I, it was more about cut... the depth of the kick. I think the more impressive thing for us is that's the only try they got. Yeah. It and it's that... subjective. They didn't create no, it. No, they didn't create it at all. And they had one before that where Derek, Daly Cherrywins put a half-decent kick in and created some pressure, and it went for a seven-tackle set, luckily for us. They had it gifted to them. New South Wales left some points on the table. Um Obviously, one of the first ones was the first repeat set from James Maloney, and then the dropout, he threw a forward pass, which was forward, and that was a shit pass. Gave him an opportunity to come straight after us. And then late in the half, we got that repeat set where Nathan went down with his ankle injury. It was only play two. I think Gagai rushed up, and there was like three players outside. He would have been better off kicking. He threw the ugly pass, went forward, clearly. Um, but there was two opportunities there we were kind of worried about. But obviously, end of the day, it didn't really end up mattering. They got Frizzell there off a nice quick play of the ball, coming again off our forwards, playing together and pushing on the ball. Jake so many times just set up that middle and had players coming off him mm. that they held off. And when you stand flat and there's a middle, you get between defenders and get a quick play of the ball. Safidi got one in that case. Dale Finucane ran a beautiful lead line which held up some inside defenders, and they got Munster standing flat on his inside shoulder. And one thing Queensland didn't do last night when we talk about those effort areas is tie in. Mm. The two guys that were supposed to come across, so I think Papali was one of them for feeder, Left him posted, so Frizell, even though he almost left without the football, still had time to bust through there and score. And they really struck a blow, obviously, on half time when they found that third try, which really, really, really hurt. In all honesty, to make it eighteen six. But
2: well, and then we kicked a penalty goal. It's fourteen point lead after the break. Then it was pissing down rain. We kicked another penalty goal, and then we scored. So I think once that penalty goal went over, and it was raining, and there was thirty five to go, it was a fourteen point gap. I I really didn't see a lot of hope for Queensland, particularly because of the
1: weather. I think what's more demoralising about that try before half-time as well is it was that Tedesco scoop play that we talked about, where blokes just didn't tie across, three of them compressed. He's got outside under eights, bloody football style, and Tom's come back through the middle where they've got the wing and the fullback, everyone drawing on him. But 18-6, you know, and that weather was always going to be hard. As you said, second half completely changed things because it felt like game two when we come out against Queensland, Mm. we almost had the ball for 20 minutes. We didn't let them out of their half for almost 20 minutes. Their first good ball set or first attacking opportunity in New South Wales' half was at the 62nd minute. They basically gave New South Wales every opportunity from their own shit discipline, as well as the good football that they were playing with. But uh, yeah, I, I couldn't believe the way that kind of started off. The first set, there was a poor kick. Tedesco and Fox linked up again with that nice outlet pass, they were straight into Queensland's territory, they get a repeat set, just that constant attack relentless, they're playing from the middle to both edges, Jake's the link man, both the halves are playing together, even when Nathan goes off you've got Wade Graham who slotted in perfectly put in a nice kick for one of those tries, like it was just seamless, Yeah. Tedesco does what he does, he pops up absolutely everywhere and as you said, even Cook not having one of his better games didn't really matter um, he had a few nice moments, obviously, where he jumped out and played square for of the later tries, but overall he forced a few things, he made a couple of errors. It wasn't his greatest night, no, but yeah, and I, I think the big credit here must go to Maloney, because like we said when they picked him, they got the job done last year, but the best thing about James Maloney is rocks or diamonds, good or bad, you know, he's just going to keep firing bullets. And even, he made a few mistakes, but at the same time, a couple of repeat sets, 40-20, set up a couple of the tries, kicked us, led us around the park, gave us a voice, and I guess the other guys they brought in had that same kind of personality or voice as well and that confidence. Like, Ferguson was just jacked all night and had a really good game besides that one shit drop. you got Wade Graham, who's a vocal and aggressive player. Dale Finucane's played in bloody five grand finals, so it's not like he was, wasn't going to be for the occasion. Yeah. Um, that, they brought a lot more, I guess, leadership and personality and swagger. But on top of that, I guess, what we have a kind of look at it, we brought a lot more football on our team. Yeah. Jack Whiten's got the ability to kick pass, and get involved in ball play he kicked first set for us way Graham comes in plays not left and edge can play in half sets a try up kicks passes brings that inside kick pressure Tarek Sims brings that aggression Dale much like Jake Javoy which not too as a higher level has the ability to pass and be a link man as that third end role. Like we just had more football in our side and even summer, so much like so when they held off so long to get Cameron Murray on the field when he got on the field some of the play balls that he generated yeah. um, there wasn't a bad play for us No, there, there really wasn't for New South Wales and Again, when they said that they were going to do that double rotation to put one of the props back to the bench, I thought it probably would have been a better idea to have Safidi come off the bench once the game had warmed into, but he did his job. Vaughan, come on and did his job as well. Like Heading to game three, you wouldn't be looking to make any changes, that's for sure, unless someone's injured and we don't know what's going to happen in between now and then. The only one, I guess, is if Clemmer was to become available, would they drop Safidi and go back to Clemmer? Yeah, well, you would. That's a forced change. Same so,
2: thing. Yeah, force change.
1: On that side of things, but... Yeah, that, that, that second half at 18-6, as we said, I, I thought it was really, really done there, but them just frying themselves. We got that penalty goal um, off the repeat set, and they gave us a penalty, take it to 26. Once it's a three-score game, you kind of change that whole mentality. You said that when watching it. That really puts Queensland in the mode where we need to start playing some football. Hmm. We need to find our way out, but they were just in quicksand because we just strangled them. We never gave them an opportunity. We get... A good set on the back of that. They give us an escort penalty. We have two play five sets where we're running at them. We're turning the ball over inside 10, and they just can't generate any speed. Ben Hunt, as I said, comes up with one of the best kicks you'll ever see, turns it around, and they come up with a shit penalty through Jalen Wallace after seemingly trying to flip the script. Play five, give us another penalty kick from in front to make it 22-6, and they just kept doing it. We get a set start after that on the 40-meter line. Where a poor kick comes in, they two pass to ado car that offloaded the tedesco they draw a couple in, and Tom, as I said, comes all the way from the right side of the field to be in the middle to make it twenty eight six and at that point okay, i i thought it was already over basically <laughs> half time, but that really put the nail in the coffin yeah it did and it did. just i I, oh, just, I just
2: I still had uh memories I guess of game one because we let it led by eight at half time in game one i just I wanted to see us come out and be positive, and we were. Just keep playing and, and trying to score points. Even when we got to 14 um, and 16 points ahead, we just kept playing. And
1: we were ruthless. Yeah. And we didn't care about the rain. That's the main thing.
2: Too often, New South Wales haven't been ruthless.
1: They wouldn't play football in the rain. And they, like I so said, I know they couldn't get They gone, couldn't. But they didn't chance their arm they at They couldn't.
2: Because the vital, the vital ingredient in trying to move the ball around, particularly in the wet, is ruck momentum. They had none. No. They had none all game. And if New South Wales can just do that again in game three, it's going to be very, 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 very difficult for Queensland to win because when you look at the forward packs on paper, uh, we're just significantly better. And that's that's as plain and simple as you want it. Like there's a lot of analytics that you can look at, a lot of starts, a lot of breakdown like we're giving you now, but if they can't win that battle in the middle of the field... Um, I really don't see where they're gonna get time for that spine. And in game one they their forward pack was outstanding. They were excellent. They their bench well their bench impact was very, very good. We were a little bit off the mark, don't get me wrong. Uh but they they played well above what they did last night. And I, I just don't know what Queensland were are gonna get. Like, is that gonna leave a scar? Because they're a they are a young side. You know, there's there's guys like uh Daily Cherry Evans who has taken over the reins of this team. Caleb Ponger in his first full series uh Ben Hunt, who's playing out of position at nine, Cameron Munster, I thought he tried his ass off again last night, but um you know he needs ford's going forward because he he relies on that space to be able to run that's his that's his game so you know do, do they do they respond to this and bounce back? I expect them to respond to some degree i'm I'm not sure whether they can respond enough to win if if New South Wales are at their best mm. So I guess these are all the questions that are um, are going to pop up between now and I think when the side's picked at least and then you're going to start to look at you know how the game will be played and what the weather will be like and what the surface will be like, etc., etc. et cetera. But uh, I think for now, in this app I've just got to pray that we don't have impact from club injuries because in both well, games our squad's been...
1: Basically, we've got one round from what we've just looked well, at. I, I heard today, today that Luke Keery's half. a chance of potentially coming no, back. I wouldn't be doing that. Not at if, this point. If clear is out. I don't know. I wouldn't be doing it at this point. But um just to quickly finish off on all that, I guess twenty eight to six as we said, they got penalised again, gave us another opportunity. The last kind of try to really put the nail in the coffin, Wade Graham, who did a great job coming back in on short notice back row six, four and three last tackle off a quick play of the ball. The bloke's just a good footballer, like all round footballer. That aggression, the kick pressure on the night, melting people, the carries he had, the ability to kick, and then the kick from Ad car was perfect. Mm. Three players turned in. He's got the option to throw the pass in the wet, but why not put it on the turf? Comes up with an absolute cracker to make it 32-6. And after that, the game kind of went into a cycle for 10, 15 minutes where Queensland knew it was over. New South Wales still were dominating territory and possession, and it wasn't until right into the death there they grabbed another late try there. that I was just blown away. I really was blown away. Hunt later on, they had their first couple of opportunities, kicked a nice 40-20. They made an error there, I think, on play two or three. And then they got a repeat set, which was lucky when Way Graham came up in the middle. And I think Ponga, again, got melted on the inside from pressure from Way Graham and threw a shit intercept pass. So, yeah, it was just – it wasn't their night. And there's not much else. Like, I've gone all over it again, but I'm, I'm more to get
2: The Queenslander get back on the bus. First thing they do when they sit down and buckle up is fucking tear the revision mirror off and just start driving forward. That's what they've got to do.
1: They've got to do what Simple I as asked in game one from New South Wales to show you know, some vigour, some intent, some violence, and take things personally. And I think last night we kind of did take it personally. There was a few niggles. There was a couple of facials dished out. Like We actually gave some back for once, which was nice to see. Yeah. But every area of the game, like no shit, set starts, <laughs> set ends, won the middle. They couldn't kill the ruck. We played to both edges. We got those guys holding because there was space. Tedesco was dynamic. James Maloney completely owned the result. Uh, both the Trevojevic's were excellent Jake is that link man in the middle inside outside shapes later on as the game developed as well Maloney started dropping players back into the middle when it looked like we were spreading them we just we gave them no room to breathe we absolutely suffocated Queensland and like I said their edges got caught out because their middles just couldn't handle it they had no forward over 100 metres in the game the closest two were Maguire and Felice and they were all off just one out carries the only two times like I said they looked dangerous were in the first half second half they took 22 minutes to get their first cracking good ball and they gave it back to us. Mm. Uh, Daly Chevron's kick pressured, Munster basically didn't kick, Hunt most effective out of dummy half. and uh, The big concern, I guess, is New South Wales made wholesale changes, but we've got depth. I'm looking at Queensland here and, again, you talk about the pick and stick thing or whatever you're going to do, but they already looked a little bit thin coming into this and I think, as you said, they won on effort in game one. Jaiara and off of Hengioui make a huge difference compared to Wallace and Glasby who to me offer not much impact or not much leg speed off the bench mm. both of those guys are unlikely going to be able to come back, your only other real options when I'm looking at it here are Christian Welch who I still would have picked before Glasby more than likely just on a leg speed perspective and he's been playing really good football for Melbourne but that one player is not going to change <coughs> a whole lot the one key change for me and again it's, I still don't think it really helps him but I just think it's a smarter option off the bench and I said this to you before game one is Kurt Capewell, because they're sitting there going and buy covers all these areas Well, Michael Morgan is playing out in the centres and basically is a guy that could play hook half whatever you wanted to do if you lose another player I'd rather have Kurt Capewell, who's shown that he can play anywhere from back row to centre to wing mm-hmm. and is a good footballer and can at least get involved in the physical side of things and coming through the grades at the Ipswich Jets uh, when they played that style of footy I'm pretty sure he played some six as well Moses and Byer's has just been a waste of a pick yeah, if exactly you lo- right. if you lose a half, you've already got your problem solved. Morgan, you're going to the halves. Kate, Kate, will go to the centres. Done, solved. Uh, you know, I don't know. Well, Jared Wallace will also be up. You couldn't reach for a Matt Scott. Like there's talk about felt, but if you put felt in and you pushed Morgan into the bench utility spot and put Gagai into the centres, I think we've all seen Gagai defend at centre, and I don't think that's a good spot for him to be. I don't mind that. Well, that's one of the only changes I like I think that you could more possibly, mate, than I like that felt,
2: more than picking by
1: felt brings a big body and good yardage. But yeah, I think playing by in the centres
2: and just swapping by and, uh, and Morgan. By has been playing well in, in the centres. And By
1: would times. be out of my side. I'd have Kurt Kateby take his bench spot, and I think Welch for Glasby Wallace would only really hold the spot for me on the fact that I don't know who you're going to replace him with. You can't. You can't like pick Wallace. Ethan Lowe is not going to be obviously picked. He's an option. Jaden Sewers is barely playing <laughs> first grade. Jason Bakuya, who played for Fiji on the weekends, thirty years old. You got. You know, not many other options. Keegan Hipgraves, a Queenslander, Reese like Some of the names I'm looking here aren't really up to that standard or played that well this year. Won't Offen Gowie be back? Probably not. Dunamis Louie, Flegler's too young. Pat Carrigan's barely playing off the bench. Corey Jensen barely plays for the Cowboys. Like They don't have the depth at New South Wales do. Welsh has got to come in. And these positions. But... I wouldn't drop Glasby. I'd keep Glasby. I'd drop Glasby.
2: But... Okay, Wallace or Glasby, who you drop him?
1: I think Wallace has got more leg speed, even though he's been terrible at that arena. But that's what I'm saying. This is where they're at. What do you do? I've got zero sympathy for him. No, neither do I. (laughs) Apologies to our Queensland viewers, Yeah, you've had 15 years of... Had the greatest spine for a decade. Look,
2: I still think they've got a fantastic spine. They've got a great spine. They're getting hurt at the moment. By the um, forward pack. By the forward pack, yeah. And the lack of uh, depth on the bench. Probably the other one. Does Cameron Smith come back?
1: I'd say the other one who will be considered now that I think about it. Um, and I know He hasn't played a lot of club football this year, but again, the difference between leg speed, aggression, the fact he's got a little bit of crazy, I don't know if he would be considered, but they've had him there as 18th and 19th man a few times, Corbin Sims. They're going to have to reach for something. And literally that word I'm using. He's mental. Cohen Hester also dropped, who at least brings leg speed and a bigger body. But they're going to have to consider something. I'd rather him than, than Mbai. And this is what I'm getting at. I'd rather they're him going to have to consider something. Uh, it has to happen. Wallace. If you can't have Offa and you can't have Arrow. Cameron Smith. See it happening? Nah. Why would he bring himself back in after getting that towel up and not playing oh. last year? Mm. I don't think he's that stupid. I don't, I don't know. But you look at New South Wales. and the only... It feels a little bit Alfie-ish. Nah. Game three you put him in there last night and you tell me he makes a difference with that the way things went down oh he would have made a difference no, but they, he not, wouldn't have won the game yeah. we well, still would have lapped him I'm 100% confident It would that, have though. made a massive difference but uh, when I no. throw all those names out there you see where I'm coming from they didn't get much out of NARPA uh, was about let's just suck effective. it and see my friend you don't because get at R. the moment
2: you don't know who's available
1: you don't and get off end, I, Gowie, I and there's a lot to reach for but I, guaranteed I'd have Welch and Kate Welling Glasbier Wallace, one of them's gone for Welch, and I would definitely put Kate Will in because I think you can do a better reshuffle with him as a utility. So they're two changes. From New South Wales, we don't know about health, what's going to be going on, but we do know that Nathan Cleary with Cinder's Moses is likely going to miss the last game. So I've basically sat down and had three options that I came up with. I think he'll play. I don't think he will. So the three options I came up with, they've tried to pick Pierce twice. Maloney's come out already and endorsed Pierce. I think, defensively. Pierce Suits, that arena, would do just as good a job in that regard and they've played together. So that's your first option, I think. Your second option is if, as we said before, Game 1, the Luttrell thing, clearly there was more going on and we can understand why he didn't pick him. And they got the result. If things are resolved, you bring Luttrell back in if everything's all well and good. I think it's a big risk defensively, given what he dished up in Game 1 and obviously Jack did an outstanding job and you can push Jack to 6. I preferably would not like Jack Whiten to be playing in the halves in origin, even though I think Maloney can play that dominant seven role and he'd just play off the back of it. Defensively, I think he'd do a good job, but that means straight away, basically, you're taking him from being a left-side dominant player, which he's played centers and halves and he has to go to the right. not saying he can't do the job on the right side, but I just don't like reshuffling that heavily. And the last one I kind of come up with is what I said to you last night. I'd have no problem Wade staying at six. Because Wade can I, I, play both I, I sides of the field. I've got
2: a problem with that. Maloney we can, can still run, and then we I can think. Bench.
1: You pick No, I don't <clears throat> think it does. I think you pick Madison, who's been 18th man twice, who plays that yeah. similar kind of role. You've but got a utility you, cover there. You've
2: got one one outright half. Six. Wade's not a half. Well, he, he can play played half. enough half. You know, with 35 to go when he's got to go there was for the second half last night, it's raining, they're up 12. It's a different scenario to run out and start in the halves at nil all. I think they need a half. Uh, you need to either go with Whiten and bring Mitchell back in, or you need to pick Pierce, or if Clear is fit. Well, I, I, d- Reynolds I just off think it's unfair. I'm it's not un- picking for health. You know, a week a week ago we were saying that can Wade go eighty. So you're going to pick him in the halves and make him go eighty. I, I don't know. I, look, I think what Graham did last night he was perfect. Last night, yeah, he what, 60. what he did last night was perfect. That's his role. That's where he's most effective. Don't then change it. Take away a strength to just slot him in at six. Pick a, a pick a half. You need a half. Um, and I think, again, it's going to be one of those games where I think the refereeing will be different because it's a decider. The, Queensland will probably get away with a little bit more shit than the I do think ruck. they
1: will. It's coming to New um, South Wales. We're going to have the crowd noise. We're going to have everything there. Generally, you know, when you have your home game, I think it's there. I it. think it'll
2: be refereed differently,
1: but we'll see. Well, well, I, I, know. I,
2: I think horses for courses, half out, half in.
1: Well, it's Pierce or White then. Because Reynolds is back supposedly this week. I'm not picking him because he's held together by duct tape, even though his form's been good this year. But the leg injury, the back injury. Yeah, but I the think Reynolds, injury, the
2: strength of Reynolds, to, to pick Reynolds would have been to stick with Walker. Like if,
1: But that's gone now. That's what I'm saying. But you can't pick him after having a leg and a back injury. You can't rely on him to be healthy. Kyrie, after three or four weeks off, I wouldn't have a problem it's with him. But at the Pierce. same time, I could go. It's do it. be Pierce. Pierce just needs to it's
2: Pierce. get through or, and be
1: available. Or Whiten. Or it's Whiten. Yeah. And that's it. Or it's Cleary's. It. Um, and we clear think fit. he's done.
2: So. Otherwise, it's probably you go back to Cody Walker.
1: No, oh, well, before that, I think, like I said to you, to me, and I, I was the one pushing his wheelbarrow. The moment they hooked him, to me, they burned him. I think that was him done. And not not on the fact that I wouldn't play him I think I, they, I, I think they mentally burned him that that right there. I don't yeah, think they
2: did. I think he came on and played well. So, I, I think Freddie cocked up with in the interchange. If they
1: did that, I'd pick Madison and play Wade at six, but... God forbid we, any we disagree. Injuries, there, right? There's going to be no changes. But the, the Queensland mm. thing, they they they're going to exhaust all options, I think, because they need something better off the bench. Mm. And they needed more from their starters, but they didn't get it. So I think there's going to be a few names thrown around that selection room. But the two non negotiables for me, Kate Well and buy and Welch would definitely be replacing either Glasby or Wallace. Sims will get a look at, Hess will get a look at, offhand Gallery or Arrow. If those two are available, they're straight back in. Yeah. But I think Arrow is definitely not going to be available by the length of injury. And offhand Gallery, I'm not sure if that cut. So uh, see what happens but um, just 60-40 possession 1900 metres to 1100 speaks to the dominance the other ones post contact metres 458 to 256 line breaks to 1 the average set distance was 47 metres to 33 showing what we spoke about again better intent better line speed pinning him inside their own half doing a much better job there Kick return metres was huge. Like, our back three were ridiculous. The link-up play, the physicality, 271 return metres to 80. Like, three times as many. Like, the positions of set starting and playing in good ball last night, like, New South Wales were consistently close to halfway. It was ridiculous. Yeah, uh, there's not much more to be said. Three intercepts as well. We did a really good job in that regard. And, yeah, no one can complain about penalties because the penalty count... I thought the first half, they got some penalties I didn't think they deserved to get, and it finished 7-6. And all the ones they gave away early in the second half when we were getting that dominant run, I thought were stupid penalties, nil discipline. And they just kept pouring petrol on top of themselves. They were
2: non-subjective penalties.
1: Yeah, no forward, like I said, over 100 metres. In the back five, I think the only player that got over 100 metres was Oates. And one of the times, he got like a bit of a line break twice to probably get him 20, 30, 40 of those metres. Yeah. So that were nullified in all areas of the game. No momentum And it just completely Took the hours out of it Like there was really No one I could look at And say I thought You had a great game Probably the only guy I kind of really felt bad for Was Matt Gillette Because he took some Dirty carries He got whacked a few times Especially twice by White And he made 48 tackles mm. um, He busted his ass But We said it a million times Don't we You lose in the middle And it's all downhill From there New South Wales <sighs> The Trebojevic's Were excellent Maloney stood up Huge on return Tedesco had another big game Wade Graham Shadow car like just the back five in general. I think mean, almost everyone in our back five was a hundred plus. We had two guys over two hundred meters for Christ's sake. Halves were excellent. Starting rotation was really really good. They defended well. They linked up. They pushed together. Safiti did his job. Vaughan in the change. Murray like um, just get to this one game. Get it back to New South Wales and hopefully, fingers crossed. It's uh, it's a win for New South Wales. But yeah, oh oh, the
2: game uh, game through now.
1: Old mm-hmm. Kevy's got some <laughs> questions to answer, and he started saying New South Wales again, as you said. So, mm. interesting times. But
2: I've had a few run-ins with people on social media about that. Too.
1: About Kevy? Oh,
2: because I said he's a moron for um, for not saying New South Wales.
1: Well, because I said it. it's
2: never gonna—you're never ever going to be able to be consistent with it. And that's the only team they're playing. That's their opposition. When it's Origin, that's that's who they play. I ain't disagreeing with you. I'm with you. And
1: but there you go. Anyway,
2: but it, last night some of them, have, they're coming on board with me. Yeah. They're jumping on board with well, me, mate.
1: as they should, man.
2: Queenslanders, I said. Well, I they said, I f- typical fucking New South Wales. I said, listen, I said it I'm not interested game one in as well that whole. What? us versus them and New South Wales Queensland and I said it wouldn't even if it was Brad Fiddler doing that I'd say exactly the same thing it's stupid I
1: commentated again Daly man.
2: did some shit man when he was coaching oh, it was just ridiculous he guaranteed
1: places before the season That's, even um, kicked off
2: yeah the, the whole Kevy thing not saying New South Wales it's like the players are more worried about saying New South Wales than their the game. job and yeah. I said
1: this poor game one when I commentated a game with the blokes on Steel Sports and they disagreed with me like oh maybe he's a gen- I'm not a genius like players don't need things complicated, and they're worried about talking to the media. You know media, the thing. He's got too much, to time,
2: too much time. Too much time. Just like focus they, on the football. They coach for six weeks. The the Origin coaches, and for the other forty six, they're sitting there writing in their diaries and working yeah. out schedules and working out plans and trying to outsmart each this other. This is it's the like, difference,
1: though. I don't think Freddie's overcomplicated. It's things. not about that. I think Kev this year in particular is overcomplicated things massively.
2: Well, look, if if he loses the decider, I, I don't think he's got a job. Well, it'd be two series in a row.
1: But to be honest, like I said, but look it'd
2: only be it. one out of four, wouldn't it? Or did he come in and win a series in his first?
1: He won. I'd, have to, I'd have to check. I, I, I'm pretty sure this would be his. He won two, I think, and then we have won the last two. Okay, so this is his fourth it'd, year. He'd be it? two and two. Mm. This is his fourth series.
2: I think it'll be Tulu Kevy.
1: Well, I think again, looking at the players, like if everyone was available, the only real changes would be those two guys from game one, and I think if Friend was available, he'd be the hooker. But I think they're lacking backline depth and they're certainly missing some middles. So You'll
2: get the sack and you'll get the Titans job.
1: Oh poor Brock. (laughs) Don't laugh. Well, that wraps up the origin. Maybe you can just not say any other team's name. Titans. Every week. Dun dun dun. Hope that five thousand was worth it. The other team. But let's see what happens in game three, I guess. That wraps up. Origin review for game two Before we do a quick run over uh, These international games From the weekend, Boxhead Oh, do we have to? No power rankings But we'll run through uh, Obviously, a bit of a plug here For Penrith Solar Centre I've said a million times We've both got systems The old man's got a system You have to get on board with that One of the smartest things you ever do Power bills keep on rising They're not going down Put some money back in your back pocket Especially summertime For us Westies out here in the Rift. Plenty of free energy we, we know when the sun's up, mate
2: yeah. No cloud cover Play on
1: Get it all day It's a good time, but tackle your rising power bills head on this season with the help of solar energy. The team at Penrith Solar (laughs) Solar Center are passionate about helping Western Sydney sin bin rising. Electricity bills for good. Find out how at Penrith Solar Centre can make you that winner and your family for this season with quality solar solutions for your home at www.penrithsolar.com.au to find out more or give them a call today on 1800 20 29 30. Boxhead. What's the go with uh, NRL CEO the bench? I think we gave an update last week, didn't we? Yeah, the week before. I'm still leading that one. Yeah, you are. Kicking on. Been different as we said yeah, this year. It's a Different
2: time of the year as well. Give already. a quick
1: mention for that one, as we've said before, all the blokes there at the NRLC on the bench. Different format, a lot harder. You've got to be a bit more selective with uh, your picks. There's less points, but I think it's been interesting. Yeah,
2: like 100 in that is a monster score.
1: It is massive. Yeah. And again, like I said, you, you only get rewarded for big performances. Guys need to get 150 metres or make a certain amount of tackles or score tries. Like You really are having to take more time to analyse who your and select your team. players are playing and what kind of performance they're going to put in or a track record against that team. So there's a plug there again. If you're looking for a different platform to play your fantasy sports on, this season obviously is a bit further on, but next year, if you have heard us talk about it a few times now, NRLC on au get on board with that. Uh, the games from the weekend, women's origin. Oh, really? <coughs> on Friday. Louis. Mate, you don't think there's did, we,
2: did we preview the women's yeah majority? previewed
1: all of it. you're the one on bloody twitter telling people we, we previewed everything no we didn't
2: I said that we didn't preview the one that went with Phil we previewed the ones well, that we were on the NRL was, website yeah which was everything and Steve Mascord then said well it's not the NRL's job to know they're not the patrons or the you know the flag bearers for well, they have, they have a international section footy called internationals. Like, man I don't want to get into an argument about international footy nah. and I know like Steve loves international footy so do I but but my but, interest in international footy over the weekend could not have been lower.
1: Well, we're still going to talk about it. I get it. So.
2: I get, and I watched them. Don't Damn. get me wrong. I like, but that's my whole point. On Saturday night, I just, I don't know. I, I'd love to see a window at the end of the year when it's just pure and, and let them play a few games and match them up better.
1: Yeah, that was my. The, the match
2: was the match ups were poor
1: well when you take australia out of it and you don't have england it hurts straight away because you had tonga who were probably better matched to play well, some See, the silly the thing keywords.
2: the week before the english super league competition stopped for a week so they could have had that week. Well, I know Lebanon had it had forward a game. and then have them come out. But yeah. for those boys as well, like for the English based players, it's difficult for them like okay, you have a bye week. By the way, you're traveling to Australia to play a yeah. game and it's then you are coming f- back. I,
1: you wouldn't do it mid-year, but it would have been more ideal. That's
2: what I that's more where I'm heading with the point. Even
1: and, with the lineups they had, it would have been more ideal surely to figure out. But a lot of players just took the piss and didn't even play. Yeah, I'm with you. You still could have had that. Tonga and New Zealand because you don't have Australia and England and then you would have been better off putting Samoa against Fiji and you would have put Lebanon against Papua. Like, Fiji ran a train on Lebanon and Lebanon no there's no knock but on were there any?
2: Were there any sort of uh, reasons why they were playing each other like in terms of qualification and
1: the only game that was a qualifier over the weekend was the game like we said that wasn't advertised on Friday which was South Africa versus the Cook Islands which is the World Cup. Lebanon's already qualified and they were, I think, just playing a bit of an exhibition match or a bit of a, a game there, and they had enough drama with their own federation. Obviously, all the stuff during the week there where players were going to to be put in jail if they covered up, uh, you know, the, 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 the Lebanon kind of logo there. And apparently that comes back to some issues going on in their own country and their own local league. But they also were hurt by players pulling out, which Robbie Farrell was pretty vocal about, that Mitchell Moses, Josh Manser, a couple of guys that were supposed to play, didn't make themselves available. But at mm. the same time, no offence to Robbie Farrell, you're in your last season of the NRL. You're not really worried. Too much in that regard of things, and he retired after the yeah, game.
2: And then I'd make the counter argument and say, "Well, if you want to go and pull on a jersey during the World Cup, fucking pull one on now."
1: Mm. And I'm with you, but they because already the blokes that are, the
2: blokes that are then pulling on the jersey at Leichhardt on the weekend when no one wants to play, they're not the ones that are going to be playing in the World Cup. So I, I don't know. I, I I like what Robbie. Oh, I get where he comes from, but if you medically like his if you well. medically
1: ruled out, which one of them was <laughs> in, that's fine. That that's fine. And I don't Alex Schwal, sure. I think apparently the Tigers denied that one. It's his own teammate. But I think Mitchell Moses probably just skipped it for a bit of a rest, but those three players certainly make a difference. Um, The the women's origin, getting back to things on Friday night, I thought that was a good game again, good spectacle, absolutely outstanding the way the crowd rocked up. What about the crowd? 10,000, just over 10,000. They packed the joint out. All the talk, and again, this is knocking it about already pushing it to a three-game series, putting it here, that's just dumb. Not at the moment. Let's just let it grow, let it foster. said it before, there's only four teams in NRLW. You need to build the product up first and make sure it's got enough legs and depth under it before you go playing it elsewhere.
2: The thing that I would say is, does it need to be the standalone game at North Sydney Oval? Could the girls not be before the decider.
1: Well, this was the big argument for a lot of people the other night that you take away from them, and then other people were saying, well, we don't know the true value because you played it when there was no other games to compete with it in Sydney. And I think the TV rating was 1.6, and the AFL, I think the Sydney game only got about 150,000 eyes on it, and there was another game of something else on that only got a little bit. Super rugby. People were saying, well, it's false because (laughs) the number is big, yes, but you didn't have to compete with a man's game or you didn't have to compete with...
2: Yeah, but I think that's horse yeah. anyway. Rugby League wouldn't schedule another Rugby League game against it.
1: No, not in Sydney.
2: The only, my only concern with their games that are prior to Origin is they're not televised. So, like, your 16s Origin and your yeah, 20s well, Origin and your 18s Origin aren't even fucking televised, which is ridiculous. But, that's, but that, Anyway, I, I just think for the girls, that like, how good would it be to see them play...
1: In a um, packed house. In beforehand. a packed house, yeah, before be a
2: cider or... And it'd have to be before a New South Wales or a Queensland game. You wouldn't want to play them like over in Perth.
1: My other like thing would night. be the next step is move it to a bigger stadium and keep it as is, as a standalone. So they they brought up Bank West or somewhere else next year, somewhere that's probably a bit more easily accessible and you get more numbers and try and build it up again. A nicer stadium. And a few, I think one of the girls, was it called McGregor, that was on TV the other night was saying similar deal, that they, she doesn't think they should rush it and for the next three to five years again gradually grow it. Um, I think the NRLW obviously got plenty of exposure last year and it's at finals time of the year, but I must say this year, and it's no knock on the girls, I don't agree that they get to play the game before the grand final this year and that the state leagues are going to be played in the earliest time slot. I think the state league players is full of NRL players and guys that play 20-something rounds per year. I think that game still rightfully is the one that should be played before the grand final. But (laughs) I I did enjoy the NRLW last year, but again, like I said, four teams. No, I'm not trying to create a thing on sexism. I'm just going off
2: no, it's not about sexism no. at all. It's just more like you want to look at ratings and bums on seats and think- who watches it. And sexism is the first, furthest thing from my mind. No. I just they probably the, the argument I gather would be that it rates better than the than the the cup
1: game. Well, I don't know about the ratings. I was just going off.
2: No, I'm telling you I'll, that that'd be the only I'll, reason they Joe it wouldn't if be for doing that reason.
1: That's fair wouldn't enough. I wasn't doing it off sex. I was just no, no. I know that. To me, I, I'm what I'm saying to you is, is that
2: the argument wouldn't even be about that. It'd be about eyes on it.
1: Well, if they get more ratings, well then good on them. I'm just more saying for me, like looking at that, you've got two state leagues that are full of NRL players and under twenties and kids that are up and coming, and they play the whole year. And it's
2: also and thought, it also drags in more male viewers because if you've got a if and there are relationships out there, no doubt where the girl is more sporty than the yeah the guy, oh, 100%. and she goes, well, you know what, I want to watch this NRL um, girls final. Yeah, sweet. What's on yeah. after it? Oh, the NRL, the male final. You may drag <laughs> someone in. So I think handcuffing them based on gender. Is um, actually smart, but you know, for me and you, what game would we rather watch? We'd rather watch the cup game because we're rusted on old school. Yeah, but fans. I'm, I'm also just up. going off
1: for the second year to um, already be we elevated. But we go, and watch
2: every we're game. Anyway, watch so it doesn't
1: matter. We watch all three from last year. The order for
2: us doesn't matter. But yeah, I get what you're saying.
1: I'm more saying that the guys that are they play a full year, full time, yeah, do yeah, the whole thing, it. part in our all scores, part of twenty. No, part I agree of with this, that as well. And it's right? not a four week competition or a four game round competition. But and if that, you want
2: to incentivise NRL players to not retire and go back and play in that league, then there needs to be some sort of yeah. carrot for them.
1: And again, I, I get they're trying to boost the NRLW and they do rightfully deserve to be playing on bigger stages. I think it needs to be a longer comp. Yeah, it does need to be a bigger comp. But at the same time, like the Corbin McGregor said the other night, you need to build the depth up first and not rush it too quickly and get the players well, into The you build it, the so depth
2: is to have a longer comp.
1: So... Yeah. I think they're doing a good job through the 16s and 18s competitions they've got going on. Watch a bit of that this year, obviously. When well, they don't have a 16s and 18s. They've only got an 18s. Oh, they've only had 18s. Next year, I thought they're, they had 16s. next year, I'm pretty sure they're going to 16s. Well, good. They should have a 16s. But getting back to the game now, we've gone a long way around the mountain. 14-4. to New South Wales took it out for the second year in a row. The first uh, half was a bit slow. I thought it was pretty enjoyable. Yeah, I think 4-0. for Queensland, they had the better of the chance in the first half. New South Wales a bit sloppy, made some errors. They had all the possession. They needed to bank more points, there's no doubt about that. But I think the big thing for Queensland they had the core group of that Brisbane team that won the NRLW last year but the big two players are Brittany Braley who to me is the best player in the female competition the hooker there who had a knee complaint and the other one was Ali Briggenshaw who was the gun half last year who apparently was injured during the week and in doubt to play mm. and she looked off the pace in general with uh, I think it was an ankle injury they were talking about and it showed she didn't move around they had to facilitate everything through her and I just don't think things looked as fluent or as threatening the big point where I thought they should have banked more points in the back end of the half and they brought Steph Hancock on the big front row. She made a massive impact at the back end but New South Wales would have been stoked to get the half time at four zip but second half they amped it up big time. They had very classy outside backs and they needed to get early ball to Maddie Studden and Kira Dibb I think it was the 19 year old (laughs) half on debut did a much better job uh, getting the ball to those dangerous players. Isabel Kelly is an absolute freak. Jess Sergis is a powerhouse. Her yardage was good and Tiana Panatani, who's one they brought over from I think it was rugby sevens like that. Those three in particular are absolutely outstanding. Dib kicking that 40-20 and the nice cutout pass when they jammed in on her. Studding, controlling, kicking the game. I think that other big difference was when they brought on the bench hooker. Uh, I think her name's Bo Till Welsh when she came on compared to Hilda to start off with. Hilda's just very simple, tackle, dish, tackle, dish. When Vet Welsh come on, she manipulated the ruck, and I think it was Millie Boyle, the big front row. She had an absolute blinder, smashed the rucks up and set things up from there. But uh, second half was on my traffic. They ran away with it. Mm scored some nice tries and played some good football and started to end up getting man of the match, which, uh, you know, she definitely deserved. And Samama Taifa, who played the full game, who's one of the better female players, I've watched her play at Mounties, and she's won the Women's Player of the Year before. She's an absolute machine. She's just unstoppable. Her and Boyle laid a great platform and uh, a deserved victory in two in a row. And like you said, I, I want to say that keep building. But yeah, if they keep it as the one-game series next year, maybe go for a bit bigger stadium and try and, you know, keep building it up. So... Those few girls were great. Uh, New Zealand and Tonga, 34-14. to 14. I think this one can be summed up pretty simply, and this is the problem moving forward, I guess, for Tonga. It's all well and good to have good outside backs and a pretty decent forward t- a pack, but the spine. Yeah. Who are your playmakers? Who's finishing your sets off? Who's banking points? Who's controlling things and taking advantage of it? And when you look at the two spines, you've got Roger Shek. Benji Marshall at the back end of his career has just turned into an absolute great game manager and Sean Johnson, who showed some magic. Plus Brandon Smith, who's the heir apparent, to Cameron Smith, who's almost like Isaac Luke on steroids. He's just a honey badger when he gets out and gets opportunities to run. As compared to Asiata, who's a great skilled player, but a better bench player or more of a forward than defending out on the edge and playing that six role. Lola here, who's already been shipped off the Leeds, who plays more fullback and isn't really a great dominant half. Harvilli, who's a bash and barge kind of player. And Hop Wadi. like That's the difference right there. I-, I think New Zealand were better all around the park, but their their key strength is their forward pack, and I thought New Zealand did a really good job. Uh, as effective as Fenua Blake was and Tamalola. And a couple of those guys, Bromwich and Nelson, Osoffa Solomona had big games. They were really, really good. And
2: it they... was just a post-to-post smash fest for that first 20 minutes, which was gold to watch. Yeah. Uh, but the, the class in the halves yeah. was just poles apart, wasn't it? Tokihaha yeah. was, was outstanding, as yeah, he has
1: been all year. But gun. yeah, if you've got nothing to generate points, you're in big trouble. And they made a real point, obviously, of attacking... Uh, the right hand side, their right hand attack, New Zealand was the left hand edge. They picked out Pungao Junior and Asiata. Pungao Junior barely tied over Asiata. Not through any fault of his own, he probably needed to come in a bit more, his inside shoulder, and be a bit more aggressive. Clearly, they were playing slide defence, but the inside cover was never there. And well, I'm not sure they were. They got inside him three times. I, I just, it was Asiata
2: mad. looked lost in that position, and it's it amazed me that they had not assuming they hadn't done any work during the week, but it looked as though he never never defended there in his life.
1: Well, I think the big thing for them... when and they,
2: you... Him and Pango were arguing after every try. because yeah, they are doing... surely, like, you get behind the line and go, whose space is that to defend? Are we defending people? Because it, whenever you defend people, it's dangerous because as soon as someone crosses over another, you've got two defenders, theoretically, that have to cross over each other. It just doesn't... Yeah. It doesn't happen a lot, unless your communication is very effective. But usually it's a space. You defend a space. So, if, you know, if we're standing next to each other and you're on my outside... You know, I'm, I'm defending the space from me to you. Um, or, if sorry, if you're on my inside, I'm defending the space from me to you. If you're on my outside, I'm going to go across there and you're defending the space from you to me. And it just looked like they had no rules defensively, Tonga. Um, a lot of teams would just play that inside shoulder. So the inside, the nearest shoulder to the ruck, um, from that shoulder through to the next defender, that's where you're trying to make the tackle. And that only really allows for, A, a missed tackle, or B, that the ball gets around the winger, and then from there it's just that effort and the race to the corner post. But Tonga looked lost. Uh, and well done to the Kiwis. They just
1: kept going there. I hey, think the big thing for New Zealand as well, I thought it was a good result considering they're losing players to Samoa and Tonga. Yeah, so, and Tokioho. you know what? The thing
2: that concerned me was the crowd. I know the crowd. The crowd was okay. Uh, but, you know, the, the two times previous that they've played, they've sold it out and it's been raucous and... It just probably highlights for me the timing of this clash, but also, like, does the novelty sort of wear off a little bit? It was, you know, Tonga wanted to play New Zealand. We can beat New Zealand, and you know they played Australia at the end of last year and um, come away uh, with a loss there. For me, it's just the consistency of building up those nations, and I don't think we should move them up the pole too quickly. I think Tonga Samoa for me would be ideal in that um, in that rep round like we used to have it out at a Western Sydney stadium and you just sell the joint out and it is just mayhem uh, and uh, look I get why we're playing Tonga New Zealand because Tonga are clearly stronger than some are at the moment but you know, I just think crowds are got to come into it as well and... I don't know. You might agree, disagree. Oh,
1: sure. I, I agree, but I just think what I said there, Like, it's all good that Tonga's got outstanding forwards, outstanding backs, and they got options there. And they had players pull out they could have played, but at the end of the day, you need spine players. Mm. I mean, for New Zealand, even if they had picked Kieran and I still think they've got better depth in that position, in the spine, and that's a difference. Brandon Smith, Isaac Luke, Denny Levi, if he's healthy, I think all those guys, again, would have been more preferable over the Tonga options. I think the only real guy there in their spine that really scares me would have been Manisi Farno with the rolling and I don't think they used him quite effectively when they got him into the game and the game was already gone mm. but for New Zealand I just think it was a good response Michael Maguire had him nice and fired up thought their goal line D was good but for all the players that have defected in recent times you had Azarco and Tapia who just went to Samoa after only playing for him last year in Denver they've lost Tal and Tokyo and a bunch of other guys who have been involved previously uh, I thought they responded great Kenny Bromwich thoroughly deserved his spot as did Brit Nakora. they did a good job Brandon Smith, again, showed why Melbourne are so big on him, and I'm really excited. That that's the guy that's going to replace Cameron Smith eventually. Uh, Johnson, yeah, had a field down his side of the field. Benji, the emotion in the Harker and the National Anthem, a guy that I guess at one point there when he went to rugby and come back and play with the Dragons, that never thought he would have played for New Zealand again. But he did on the weekend, and he was really, really good. So, uh, yeah, good good response by them, full stop. And I think Joseph Manu, that game against... Uh, the Dogs the other week playing fullback, I think he's been pretty quiet this year. I think they really got him some confidence and brought him back to the fore, and I thought he was good the other night as well. So, good result all around uh, for New Zealand. Fiji, Lebanon, I, I don't need to talk about this one a whole lot. 58-14, to 14, it was a complete mismatch. Obviously losing Moses and Mansoor and Twal, quality NRL players, hurts your side. But the guys they had to call on, God bless them for the effort they put in, but they had a bunch of guys that are playing Ron Massey Cup and Sydney Shield and that and when you're coming up against a team in Fiji that <clears throat> is loaded with NRL players in particular their back five like um uh, Montoya Marcelo Montoya at fullback Mike Acevo Ravalawa Isaac Lumi Lumi who's a gun for the Sharks Kiki Bakuya, Corbin Sims like those guys it's a mismatch and I thought probably the one thing I really mismatch, enjoyed out of this you, you line Fiji up against Tonga or uh, well, they should New Zealand played.
2: and they'll get murked as well so
1: I think it would have been close if they <laughs> no, would have played Samoa. Disagree. In all honesty, but I, I thought the most impressive thing oh, for me. Oh, Samoa,
2: yes. I'm saying Tonga and New Zealand, they'll get murdered. Fiji. Yeah, I'm fine with that, but I think. Samoa would have been a better better lineup, yeah.
1: They should have played Samoa and they should have put PNG against yeah, Lebanon. But agree. I think the most impressive thing for me is you like watching young players in this situation get an opportunity. Brandon Wakeham, young half, he's got wraps on at the dogs. It's come through the grades there and the halves. I thought he did a really good job there. And then number nine, who I've watched play a little bit for the the Dragons coming through Joe Lovadua off the back of that roll and I thought he had a really good game as well yeah um, Lebanon Lebanon rolled out a kid that was 17 he played bloody SG ball this year he was built like a stick too but <laughs> yeah. not going to question their effort Although Leisha despite the fact they weren't rolling he tried to create a little bit Anthony Layoun the fullback he played down the 20s grand final the other year he's now playing Massey I think He's not a bad player, but overall, if you don't have to go forward and you're just playing against a much more bigger physical side, it's always going to be a long night. Yeah. But to their credit, they didn't quit, but the scoreline says it all. Yeah. A...
2: It was a bloodbath. It could have been 80 that game, let's oh. be honest. They, they they got off track, Fiji. They bought into this shit a little
1: bit they later They probably on.
2: played good footy for about 30 minutes.
1: Yeah. Then they, were, they kept up with the clock for 30 minutes. Uh, Samoa, Papua New Guinea, 24-6 again. I thought Papua New Guinea are the same as they always are. They're tough as nails, but the big thing... A bit similar, I guess, to what I said about Tonga, is spine players They just never seem to have enough creativity or enough in their halves, or those key positions to create. They hit like brick shit houses. They're physical as all hell. You know you're going to get hit. You know they're going to run hard, but it's just more creating points. Um, they didn't really have a whole lot of points in them. The only try come from a dummy half scoot on play five from that Terry Wuppie, who I thought was good in yardage. Um, I think the only other one that kind of really... It really impressed me. It was Nixon Putt, one of the back rows. He was super physical. He did miss some tackles, though, because he's a bit overzealous and trying to murder everyone, but that's typical for uh, Papua New Guinea. You know you're going to be coming off the field nice and sore for Samoa. Obviously, getting tap was a massive pickup, but him and Paulo just laid the platform all night. And Josh Alloy I've said it multiple times this year, he's off contract. If they don't tie him up at the Tigers, I think the Dragons and a few of these teams that need some forwards to come out of their pack, or Manly, if they're going to have some turnovers from those forwards, is a guy I'd be looking at. He's definitely <laughs> someone I'd be considering for my side. But, um, yeah, I think Milford in this game was pretty average, in all honesty. Jerome Luar had some nice moments out of nine, and people in the commentary were going, oh, well, maybe you should play there for Penrith. But you've got to look at the opposition they played and not get 2 k away. Mm.
2: Um,
1: yeah, he created some nice moments from nine, but the big thing is in the NRL, 80 minutes every week, is Jerome Luar going to defend in the middle? Probably not. No. So let's not read in again when I was listening to commentators, but an international game against lesser opposition. That's a pretty big reach to be saying that he should be definitely playing nine at pennies. You said it, not me, my friend. So, oh, well, I just think it's it's not rocket science. <coughs> it is what it is, but... Yeah, there you go. Women's Origin. See what happens next year. I'd, I'd love to see him try and upgrade it to a bigger stadium. If not, the North Sydney feels is outstanding. And I hope to try and get there next year. It's always hard with that time slot, as you said, uh, when you work out west. If you finish at five o'clock or so and you've got to try and make your way in there, it's a bit of a battle. But if they chose to play that at a bigger stadium to me it's
2: the timing of it on like that night when I know West. there's no there's no men's game on I, you know like I know it's the women's origin but like my wife and I watched the movie like for and that was Friday and Saturday night just because you, I, I'm, for me I'm club footy if it's either club footy or it's origin the internationals um, and the, the, the women's year. stuff I, I'm not overly interested in, in that time slot however if the women's game was before the decider like I would go I would get there early and I would go to watch it live that's that's where I sit on it um, but I but I understand the the huge female influx and I've spoken about our we've got a girls rugby league program at our school and it's it's been around now for about four years and the amount of females that are coming in and playing our game uh, is incredible I, I underestimated how quickly the program would grow how quickly the competitions particularly in Western Sydney have grown uh, so the women's game no doubt is relevant no doubt is growing no doubt is going to be huge provided it's managed well uh, I, I just believe that the women have now got to a point where they shouldn't be playing a standalone game at North Sydney Oval I think they should be playing before the big boys in one of the big stadiums in front of a big crowd yeah well, that's if, my opinion if I feel I, I feel as though that that game is there to fill the time slot for the TV networks and I don't know that but that's, that's how I feel. Because otherwise, what, what game's played there? Do we just
1: have a night off? Well, I'm, I'm just saying to you. I, I, that, what, that whole round was still filling in time, like we said, with the standalone.
2: And that's what I, and I, I no don't like it. about that round. Like, I don't know.
1: I'm more club football like you. But at the same time, like I said the other way, they're never going to have just origin rounds or time off because they have to fill space. And I've no problem with all those games happening, but there's never going to be a perfect solution. The women's game full stop on the fan-off. It's great. Um, just, yeah, I think next year... If they're going
2: to do it like that, right? Similar, to what Do it at Bank West and have the 20s origin tied to it. Have both of them on on a Friday. Well, we'll, I'm just spitballing. Yeah, I whatever just, i just what saying saying is,
1: I have no problem with it, North Sydney. But if they want to grow it, my option is not what they're all saying, get three games, rush around, stick it here, there and everywhere. Keep but it they've got a, it
2: at North Sydney because it's a small ground. Keep it as a
1: standalone. Because hey? they
2: want it to look as though it's packed.
1: Increase I it believe again.
2: if it was at Bank West, they could... I don't yeah. think they could sell it out, but I reckon they could get twenty. Give it a there. crack.
1: That's what I'm saying. You got to upgrade it next year. You
2: put it with the put it with the twenties.
1: Two years in a row. Make a night of it. You got a good outcome. So third year, let's let's go for broke.
2: Yeah. Even even if you did it on a Saturday, so you take that Saturday that we we had. I'm right? fine with that too. And you you play your Pacific games on the Friday, and on the Saturday you have the sixteens origin, the eighteens origin, the twenties origin, the women's origin. And at one year, you have it at Suncorp. The next year, you have it at where, wherever it is, wherever the origin game is going to be played. You played it at the same ground the night before or the night... Well, you couldn't um, do it at Suncorp.
1: Suncorp's too big. But Bank West, next step, if they're going to do it standalone. Play it at, at the golf Play it at Bank West, I think, And keep ideal. it in Sydney. I wouldn't be taking it anywhere else just yet. But I'd be trying Bank West next up or a stadium of that similar size.
2: You don't think the Queensland... Well, Suncorp will it eh? a quad, quadruple header, 16s, 18s, 20s women's no. origin.
1: I don't think they would. I
2: think they and get you're 30. going
1: from 10,000, like we just said, where they forced everyone in, to a 55,000 season. I, I think they get 30. I think the next progression would be to get to Bank West, like you're saying, and hopefully get 20-plus. Mm. And that would be a good stepping stone again. Yeah. but Anyway,
2: where's yeah, football?
1: Off that, internationals, like I said, probably just a bit of mismatch, that's all. If they match the games up a bit Time. better.
2: Timing. I love international footy. Love it. And we love international footy on this podcast. So we cover international footy. And, you know, last week we fucked up. We didn't cover that game at Wenny or, you know, whatever. If people got upset about that, we apologize. We went but through it, though. Anyway, I, I don't care. I don't want to even entertain it. It's just more my issue with it is not international footy. My issue with it is the timing.
1: Yeah. But like I said before, they're never going to leave a blank round just for origin no, because they it. want to cover the TV schedule. The women's side of that doesn't even come into it. Like, I, I like the fact they play it when they play it and I want to see the biggest day. The internationals I agree with what you're saying and that game I covered who was playing for Cook Islands but they had some players pull out in South Africa was made up of a bunch of guys we hadn't seen or playing A grade in here and everything. but everywhere. again
2: if it's not on TV people aren't going to access it yeah. and for anyone even like we live how far from Winnie do we live 30 minute drive mm. we're not going to get into our car to go and watch it and I, I, I didn't see a live stream did you see a live stream
1: There was a live stream There was a live stream But I didn't see it very well broadcasted Or advertised Well I didn't see it advertised at all I I just saw it it around in my feed Because one of the guys That I used to play footy with Is Cook Islander He posted it up And one of my teammates at Canberra Weedy Baker Played for Cook Islands. He's another one who posted it up Okay
2: but it'd be fine Like for me I'm not friends with anyone Who played in that game No I knew the game was not I love rugby league And if I came across it And knew it was on I potentially would have (laughs) accessed it That's, That's my issue with it
1: Yeah But like I said We're not worried about that side of it We're we support the game, like we said, it's just this time of the year. Yeah, that's We want yeah, Club Footy and we want Origin. Um, but women's game, great success next year, hopefully. I'd like to see him push to Bank West or something like that and keep it on its own and uh, hopefully get a good result. But that wraps up the internationals from the weekend. And we've done Origin because uh, it's a Monday. Obviously, they're going to be hard to tip Brock, but that's what we need to do. And our tips and our best bets and all these bits and pieces. Plus, Mr. Gossip's Gossip is brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate. Uh, they had a good week. The week before the origin round, they got themselves about four units back in the kitty. So they're up to 18.21 units of profit on the season. As I said before, a unit depends on what you bet. If it's $10, you're up $180. $100, dollars you are about up $800. And their profit on turnover is 6.07% box head. So they're doing all right, the boys there. Jump on board with the package. You would have seen the link on the page multiple times. Get their tips. Get on board with the boys. And if you don't, Get a profit return on the season. You get the package for free. Next year, keep your eyes open for their best bets. They'll be back on this week. Hopefully find some winners for the punters out there. But the gossip tonight wasn't a whole lot. Uh, probably the main one that came out of it, and I think there's a lot of talk going there, is just some issues at the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs board Who would have did thought? some leaks the last few weeks. Obviously, the board that came in kind of cussed out on the old board and said they were in turmoil and they had a bunch of drama, but they haven't been much cleaner in uh, recent times and having some issues thought there after Latrell Mitchell, size of contracts, and then you've got the CEO and Andrew Hill who doesn't even know apparently what's going on. They're apparently all arguing about how they should spend money and do bits and pieces, and now they've got apparent issues over Dean Pay who they've just re-signed, and now they're talking about already getting rid of him. So not uh, exactly what you want to hear. Not if smart. You're a Bulldogs fan, but, yeah, it's... Not smart. It's absolute insanity, and probably the other bit of you, Got here from Mr. Gossip is just some activity in the player transfer market, and one of those was mainly Melbourne Storm today who made some changes to their roster. Drinkwater, who had already signed to go to the Cowboys for 2020, has now been released to move to the Cowboys immediately. That's a huge pickup for them this time of year to help out their spine. A very talented player, and two players that were rumoured to be joining Melbourne have both joined Melbourne. Max King has left the Titans to join the Melbourne Storm, and they've got Solomon Carter for a free roll of the dice there to try and turn him into something at the Mm. Melbourne. So... uh, I'm not complaining about it either. As moves as Melbourne man, to be honest. As again, I think Max King's got some potential. He's down to young, 21, 22, and Carter's very damaging with the ball. His biggest issue is his defense, and clearly the Warriors have given up on him. If there's anybody I'm going to back to fix somebody, and they've got him for next year as well. Now it's Craig Bellamy. So if Carter can fix up his defense, he could become something very, very handy in attack for us. And he'll be competing with Marion and Seve. So interesting to see who ends up taking that right hand side of the field. Um, I think. The other one for me, and I, we spoke about this before, there's not a lot of hookers in the game. Melbourne have upgraded Harry Grant, who got the under-20s player of the year, I think, two years back. Last year was his first year playing Queensland Cup men's football, and he finished second, I think, in the player of the year competition. He's been outstanding for the sunny coast, who are undefeated this year. Thought for sure, teams like a Penrith, your Brisbane's, etc. Tigers are looking for a replacement hookers. We'll be looking at this kid, but Melbourne have locked him back up. Yeah. So I think in a positive scheme of things, when Cameron Smith retires, Brandon Smith and Harry Grant both staying at Melbourne. Yeah, I mean, you want to handcuff those two together. And I guess one that's not really been mentioned on here, but we said it weeks ago, is Kyle Flanagan to the Roosters. Apparently that's a done deal now, so no surprise there. But it's happening next year. Dad had ties to the club and he tried to get out now. No surprise the Sharks said no. You keep depth where you can keep it. If they get another injury again, especially the way Johnson's been playing, they've got a great backup. But moving forward, um, you've got a right-side dominant player and a left-side dominant player and Luke Keary and Kyle Flanagan. That, that's a pretty handy... To have, and I'm sure Brock Lamb will probably be moved on. Drew Hutchison, they got there on a free roll of dice back from uh, playing over in England. And yeah, Adrian Lamb, young bloke, obviously. Lachlan Lamb was signed up, but I, I get the feeling that Brock Lamb probably won't be there at the end of this year, and those other two guys might stay around at the backups. <laughs> Plus, yeah. they signed the young gun Sam Walker, who was touted by everyone a couple of weeks ago, who's still going to be three or four years away. you got plenty of depth. Perfect timing there for when Luke Keary probably gets to that back end of his career, but there's all the gossip. Tips. We don't have lineups, so it's going to be difficult. But the first one, Thursday night, Rock West Tigers, uh, they're up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs as far as who's backing up for the Tigers. The only player was Moses Zumbai. So after him only playing 14 minutes, you definitely have to assume he's going to be backing up on the South Sydney side of things. Damian Cook, Dane Gagai, Cameron Murray. I think Murray might back up because he played less minutes, but interested to see if Wayne Bennett does choose to rest this time. I thought he should have rested him last time in all honesty, in the Newcastle game, which ended up backfiring. But uh, who do you like in on this one? South, Still going South. Yeah. Not sure if it is to be the case, but apparently from what I read today, <coughs> they're hoping to get back Braden Burns and Adam Reynolds. So for that fact alone, again, we don't have the lineups, but if those two are back in the team, um, I'm going to go with Souths as well. But I don't think it's going to be as easy is what people think because you're still missing Sam Burgess. I think Tom's still got another week on his suspension to go, so they're going to be still a few short in the forward pack. And where's the last one? I've got here from Mr. Gossett. Who he's on he's gone south as well. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate, clean sweep there. The odds, $1.46 for Souths, the favourites, the Tigers, $265. I think that's pretty good odds. The start. Plus six, one to twelve Tigers, three ninety, two ninety for Souths. 13 plus for the Tigers, 675. 275 for South. The Dragons, the first Friday night game, up against the Cowboys, 6pm. Dragons, uh, that turnaround, you'd think, again, most of those players will back up. Frizzell played 80, so maybe not, but I think Sims and Vaughan would be likely to back up. Benny Hunt maybe as well on the Cowboys side of things. Josh Maguire's facing one week on the sideline, unless he challenges his band for his dog shot on Maloney. I don't think he will get off, so they're probably going to be missing him. McLean would still probably be out, and I think Scott was obviously not playing just before that, so they're probably going to have a few missing. Uh, the travel down here as well. I'm going to go the dragons, but not with a whole heap of confidence. Yeah, dragons. It wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys got the job done there, but we have to wait and see who plays. Mr. Gossip, he's also on the dragons, so clean sweep. And the odds with the Pro Sports Syndicate: dollar forty-eight for the dragons, two fifty-five for the Cowboys, minus five and a half is the line. One to twelve dragons, two ninety-three eighty for the Cowboys, thirteen plus for the dragons, two eighty-five six fifty for the Cowboys, Friday night blockbuster, but again, origin affected most likely. Storm Roosters, which really shits me that they've taken this game to Adelaide the last few years because I would have liked to have watched this in Sydney, win for Adelaide, but uh, I'm sure being closer to Adelaide right now, the travel wouldn't be so bad, but as to who backs up again, from a Melbourne perspective, uh, being too clear at the top there, I'd like to think we'd rest some players this week. You've got Ado Car played a full game, Will Chambers, played a full game. Felice Cafusi played a full game. Um, You know, Welch went into camp. I know he didn't play a whole lot of minutes, and they have got four or five others. Plus, had five play for New Zealand on the weekend all across those games. I'd be more than happy for Melbourne to kind of roll into this one and rest some players. But for the Roosters, they've got that rotation policy. Do they rest Tedesco or somebody for this game? Boy Cordner, who got HIA the other night. I don't know. This is a hard one to tip. It really is. The only real thing that stands out for me here is that Cameron Smith's still going to be playing, and I don't think Luke is going to be back yet. So with that and being said... And the Roosters said,
2: won in Golden Point, I think it was, on Good Friday, so I'm going to tip the Storm.
1: I'm going to tip the Storm as well, but without seeing the lineups, especially these two being so heavily affected by origin, uh, it's pretty bloody hard to pick, but Mr. Gossett, he's going with us on that one. And the Storm and the Roosters, it's a pick'em game. No surprise, because the bookies have the same concerns we do, probably. I have no idea who's going to back up and who's going to play after such a heavy toll for both these teams with internationals and origin. A $1.90 apiece. Uh, the start is minus one to Melbourne. One to 12, both teams, 2 13 plus, both teams, $4.60. Saturday kicks off on the Gold Coast box at Your mob up against Manly. Uh, as far as origin players, you think Wallace, he didn't get charged for his late shot on Maloney. He should be backing up, but no arrow. Not sure what's going on with the Ash Taylor situation because of the time of week we're at. Manly, um, I don't know if Desi would put his players on ice this week or not. I'm going to assume not, and they would be filthy about the loss they had previously. You guys have got a good record <coughs> against them, that I'm still going to go Manly. Manly. You're on board. As bit. long as all the Origin boys back up. Yep. And Mr. Gossip, clean sweep again so far. Four from four for all of us on the same team with the Pro Sports Syndicate. $2.30 outside as the Titans at home. A dollar fifty-eight for Manly minus three and a half is the line. One to twelve Titans 340, $2.85 for the Eagles. Thirteen plus Titans is six dollars and three dollars thirty for Manly. Newcastle versus Brisbane. Now this is a difficult one. Uh, this is the mm. second game on Saturday. It's not difficult at all. Already heard today that Kalen Ponger and Tim Glasby are both basically definitely going to be out of this game, and Mitchell Pearce should play, but they're not a hundred percent certain. So. If you've got doubt over Ponga and Pierce, I'm automatically worried. I think Safiti will back up. On the Brisbane side of things, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough ask for Gillette. You think Safiti would back up, Oates would back up, Etc. a couple of those guys there, but it's in Newcastle.
2: I'm tipping the Knights.
1: So I find this one a bit hard, depending on who plays. Not having lineups is a pain in the ass. Not really. Does it really matter? Well, if Ponga and Pierce don't play, it matters. Even again,
2: okay, so they're named 21. That doesn't necessarily mean it's 20. You don't know the 17 is going to run out.
1: Mm. <clears throat> well, purely because it's at Newcastle. It's Russian roulette. I will tip the Knights, but uh, yeah, if Ponga and Pierce were missing and Brisbane have all their players back up, I'd be leaning towards Brisbane. So we'll set the odds half for this one. Mr. Gossip, he's on the Knights. Clean sweep again. They're a sixty two favourite with the Pro Sports Syndicate. 225 for the Broncos, minus three and a half the line. 1 to 12 Newcastle, 285, 340 for the Broncos. 13 plus Newcastle, 330, $6 for the Broncos. Parramatta versus the Canberra Raiders up here. Oh, sorry, this one's going to Darwin. The annual game up there. This should be a half decent game of football for Parramatta. Uh, only Blake Ferguson backing up. And I think Manu Maui might have copped a bit of a knock in the international over the weekend. On the Canberra Raiders side of things, you got Jack Whiten, who played a full game for Parley, played some decent minutes. Uh, do they both play? I'm assuming Ricky would want them to play, and they'll try to get them to play. Not much confidence again as far as everyone backing up, but I'll be tipping the Raiders. I'll tip the Eels. <coughs> Eels and Darwin? Yeah. Build a bit of momentum? I think the week off will help Parramatta. Mr. Gossip, he's with you. He's also on the Eels with the Pro Sports Syndicate. 2.05 for Parramatta. The Outsiders, seventy three for the Canberra Raiders. The line, minus two. One to 1-12 for the Eels is 320, 280 for the Raiders. 13-plus for the Eels, 575, 370 for the Raiders. Warriors Panthers. Warriors Panthers. Mount Smart Stadium. Traveling over to New Zealand. Uh, Maloney, will he back up? Why wouldn't he? That's the question. He got pretty beaten around at the end of the game and he stayed down. Got to travel over it's Sunday, so they've got a bit of a turnaround, but you've got to travel. Yeah, we'll this period took a bit of a toll on him last year in particular, and Clear, he's definitely going to be missing. You think Lawai well, would pair up there and that sense of things. Can they make it five and a wrap? No. That's the real question, but the Warriors at home, a lot of players involved in that international that just happened who didn't have to travel. So with that being the case, I'm going to stick with the Warriors. Yeah, Warriors, but... but who knows what you're going to get from the Warriors? I'm basically going to give a bit of a favour on the side of things about travel and that maybe Maloney still might be a bit beaten up, but um kick out on a few of those guys back now, four and a row for the Panthers. If the confidence keeps building, uh we'll see what happens. But I think we spoke about this other night. It's amazing what James Maloney can do with a good platform. Yeah. Uh, he certainly looked good playing behind a side that was rolling forward. Mr. Gossip, he's on board with the Warriors as well, and they're a dollar sixty-one favorite with the Pro Sports Syndicate, 225 for the Panthers, minus three and a half the line. In this one, one to twelve warriors, two eighty five, three forty for the Panthers. Thirteen plus warriors, three thirty six dollars for the Panthers. And the last game of the round is the Sharks up against the Dogs at ANZ Stadium. Bulldogs. Uh, Dylan Harper is about the only one they spoke about a wrist injury. But will he back up? Not too sure. And for the Sharks side of things, Wade Graham is there potential they rest him, considering he's only off that ACL and he played. Limited time Even if they got it Seven day turnaround Even if they do it's it. It's not though. a
2: Wednesday To a weekend it's They've a still Sunday got
1: the depth Where they've been playing With Kate Well at the start of the year And doing really well They could just play him Off the bench and All the
2: him. origin players If they're fit will back up No one will be rested Well this one's easy for me I'm <laughs> Sharks
1: Minor effect on their side And The dogs have struggled For the majority of the year And I'm sure Mr. Gossip No, nah, he's took the Bulldogs Oh wow Going in hard on that one is Mr. Gossip the odds for this one? The Pro Sports Syndicate three dollars ten for the Bulldogs, dollar thirty-five for the Sharks, minus eight and a half is the line. One to twelve for the Bulldogs is four seventy-five, three dollars for the Cronulla Sharks, thirteen plus for the Bulldogs is eight dollars two twenty-five for the Cronulla Sharks. Best bets, Brock. Do we do two this week? Yeah, we're doing two, buddy. Yeah, what do you want? Uh,
2: good question.
1: <laughs> what are you going? Well, I think the first one that strikes me is the Sharks. I like the Sharks. I'm
2: going to go one and one will be Addo Carter scores, Storm to win. Well, I'm going to do similar, but I'm going to go Sharks to win and Sherry scores. Um, and I'll go Manly to win, Tom Tarouvic to score. So what was your first one, sorry? Addo. in into Storm. <laughs> Addo Turbo into Manly. Storm win. If Turbo doesn't play... Which I I don't know why he wouldn't. asleep. if either of them don't play, then obviously I wouldn't have the bet.
1: Mm. Well, I, I did that the other week when I got really confident about me, and then they burned me. They burned me real good. Mm. Well, I like that sharks one. I really, really do. Have a go, you dog. I've already had a crack on them. I'm just trying to think. I'm going to go the Raiders 1-12. to You would. Raiders 1-12. to That's a 280. Those trial win combos aren't up yet, so we can't get odds on those ones. But there you go. Addo Carr and Storm to win for you and Turbo to score and Manly to win. I'm going to have the Sharks to win into Bronson Cherry. Score a try and the rate is one to twelve. And there you go, Boxhead. Mm. Another week down.
2: I'd almost moldy mine two up to. You get about ten to one for that.
1: Wow. Double
2: up. Yeah. All over it. Fear's that. not a part of my life.
1: Origin Review, in depth, uh, New South Wales, yep. dominant performance, and we've got to decide it, bro, which is what we want. We do. Heading to ANZ. Looking forward to that in 16 days' time. Absolute insanity. get a massive crowd in there. It was an awesome atmosphere last year. And it's school holidays. Good thank times. You. So looking forward to that one. And back to regular NRL football this weekend. See how things go. And then back in camp a week later for all the Origin players. But for now, big thank you to the Pro Sports Syndicate. Keep your eyes out for that package. 18.21 units of profit on this season. If you're going to have a bet, make sure you do it with the Pro Sports Syndicate. And... Solar, look no further than the Penrith Solar Centre, www.penrithsolar.com.au. Help yourself, help your family, fight those rising power bills. Give Jake and the boys a call on 1800 202930. And last but not least, everyone, rate us on iTunes, review us, support the show. There's been a lot more ratings and reviews with all these listeners. There needs to be more. Give us a little bit of love. Hop on there; it'd be much appreciated if you spend the time. This doesn't happen without you, so support the fifth and last NRL podcast as you have done for a long time. We appreciate everyone that listens to the show. And the last thing for you to do: enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league.
2: Bring it on! Give us small. Give us small. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?